From the Theology of the Body Institute, this is the Discerning Marriage Podcast, hosted by Elizabeth Busby. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Discerning Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Busby. I'm so excited you're here. I have with me Rafi and Sarah Fiolino from Journey to Marriage. Hey, y'all. Hey, Hey. so glad and so, so grateful that uh, you have us here today to talk. I'm pumped. So today is another discernment story. We are going to be talking about their journey to marriage and how they knew that they were called to marriage. And then we are going to have a really exciting announcement at the end of this podcast. So I'm super excited to go on this journey. I'm like all about the journey (laughs) right now. So y'all, are you ready to get started? Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. Cool. Okay. So one of you, let's go with Sarah, ladies first. Will you tell us how you knew that you were called to marriage? Ah, yes. I I don't really think it was something for me I thought about because I didn't really grow up around a lot of people that were discerning the religious life. So when I was growing up, I just always thought, yeah, I'm going to get married. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. 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 And like, I guess um, it kind of started with like, well, my my backstory was that I was engaged actually before I met Sarah. And oh, my Lanta. Will you tell yeah. us some of that story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll tell okay. you, I'll tell you. Because we share it in our podcast as well. But um <laughs> so I was engaged and I was with her for maybe about five years of my life. And mm-hmm. at that time in my life, I I didn't really know what it meant to be in a relationship. I mean, I I was, I was, I learned from the culture and from the TVs and just from my friends and what they were saying, what I should be doing. So it was not really Christ-centered, the, the, the relationship that Sarah and I are fortunate enough to have now, like, and um, we were kind of falling in impurity and Mm -hmm. it kind of got to the point where I was just growing very spiritually and I was trying to bring her with me. I'm like, Hey, I think we should stop doing this type of stuff like there's something in my heart that's very unsettling and she wasn't on board with that. And it was really Mm. hard um, that the Lord was like really pulling me towards him. And I'm like, okay, got to the point where I actually broke up with her. And that was probably one of the, the, the darkest moments in my life because I started to realize that she was the one like fulfilling my, my whole life. Like my happiness was like all centered around her. And um, when she left, I didn't know where to go. I didn't know where to go. And I was just kind of broken. And I knew there was something that made me desire to go back to church. So I did. <laughs> I went back to church. And, I, and for some reason, like I started feeling a little bit more happier, a little bit more at peace with where I was going. And I started going to church even more, more than just Sunday. I started going to daily mass. Mm. And I'm like, whoa, this is this is crazy. Like I've never felt like this before. And, um, fortunately, like through this whole path, I, I reverted back to the faith. Like I I was a cradle Catholic, uh, but I reverted back to the faith and I started getting really serious about the, the, the church and my faith. And I started to like surround myself with good and holy men that, that challenged me to be a Catholic man, um, to be a man of God, because I didn't know where he was calling me. Um, cause there was actually a point where I did feel like I was being called to the priesthood. <laughs> I was, I was like, Oh God, what do you want me to do now? I'm single. And now you feel like you want me to be a priest. 
like, okay. So I started like discerning that vocation. I went to like two discernment retreats. Awesome. Um, yeah. Discerning the priesthood actually while I was in the military. And then she came along. So <laughs> well, wait, 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 before y'all go there. Came along. Okay. Oh my gosh. Before y'all go there, I, I have a couple things I want to ask. So you started feeling this desire away from the impurity to kind of reorient your relationship with your ex before you were in the church, like going to mass came after the breakup. So going to mass. So I no, like I was going to mass throughout maybe like that last year of our relationship. There was like a, a deeper, like, Hey, I should probably go to mass a little bit more. And that's when I was like, Oh, like things starting to click in my head. Like maybe what we're doing in our relationship is not good. Like I'm feeling in my soul that this is not good. And yeah, that kind of led to, Oh, that is so beautiful. It's like the Lord pulling you towards him, right. With the, like pricking your conscience and pulling you to him. That's beautiful. So how close to the wedding did y'all call it off? You know, what's funny. (laughs) Sarah's big (laughs) smiles. (laughs) So do you want to tell her? They didn't plan anything. They didn't plan anything. You didn't have anything planned. Like literally, Elizabeth. Oh my gosh. I thought this was just the next step of our relationship. In my head is like, yeah, we've been together for four, five years. Of course, the next step is getting married, right? Oh my gosh. So I did. I got engaged. Again, like I wasn't very intentional about really understanding what this relationship was. Like, where are we going towards? So when we got engaged, we were literally not even talking about a wedding. We were just engaged and then we're like okay yeah that blew my mind because i'm like as a woman like (laughs) when he proposed to me i was planning our wedding okay i'll call the church on monday yes (laughs) yeah oh my gosh so i but i really i think that that is something that happens a lot more um kind of in the secular culture when there's not this impetus to get married right when there's not a massive transition that happens in the relationship after you get married um that like draws your souls together so I, I, it's, we are, we are chuckling about it now, but I think it's actually kind of a common thing. And I, this, this is something I want to highlight. I'll highlight it at the end. Actually. Uh, I do a recap at the end of all of the big points. Okay. So you had gone, you had this tremendous courage to call off this wedding that you knew was not God's plan for you. And it was really dark and difficult, but you turned to the sacraments as much as you knew how, and Jesus just ran after your heart and brought you to him. And you, it sounds like fell into his arm so much that you were like, I want to be holy. Maybe I should just be a priest. Like maybe that's my choice and my option. That's another thing I want to highlight is the, the church has this universal call to holiness. All of us are called to be holy, like celibates and lay people. All of us are called to be holy. And I think a lot of people don't realize that they're like, Oh, I have this big desire. I love Jesus so much. Maybe I should just be a priest or maybe I should just be a nun. Like maybe that's what I should do. And so I wonder how much of that, as you were learning about this kind of call to holiness, if that's part of what made you think you were maybe called to be a priest because you were like, this is maybe just what people do who love Jesus like this. Mm. Did that play into it? Or do you think it was more just like, I actually think I might have a call to the priesthood? Yeah, I actually thought I might have had a call because I remember kneeling at mass and after the consecration, I felt like I heard those words. Hey, I want Mm. you to be a priest. And like, I literally just (gasps) broke down crying. Just like, what are you talking about? Um, and I'm like, who is that? So I actually, after mass, I 
I had to grab the priest who was yeah. celebrating that mass. Like, Father, I need to talk to you about something because something happened at mass. And I sat down and I started crying. I'm like, Father, I think God's calling me to be a priest. And he was just like, hey, I know like you're feeling this way, but you should probably take some more time to discern. Uh, you're feeling a lot of these emotions, but let's get you to some discernment retreats and let's take this time to process everything. I'm an emotional guy. So um, I love it. It yeah. sounds like you're human. People cry. Nate yeah. just talks about that all the time. It's one of the things that he talks about the Lord doing when you're, he's drawing you in deeper with him as you cry. Yeah. I think it's great. Yeah. Um, but I love that. I love that he, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm not a spiritual director. I have no idea why he told you that, but I wonder if part of it was so that you were willing to give everything to him. And once he saw that you were willing to give it all, he was like, thanks. Great. I don't actually need you to give it all. Here's a bride, <laughs> you know, like just this disposition yeah. of your heart. Like, are you willing to leave everything for me? Mm. Okay. Yeah. I love the story. All right, Sarah. So where, what was your mom doing? <laughs> How'd she come into this oh. story? <laughs> okay. So, well, I was still, um, in college. So I was away out of okay. state and my mom was at the same parish that Rafi was at. And he was new to the parish and she likes to take in all the newbies and make them feel welcomed. So they, she would always invite him out and then, um, he would, she would just like show pictures of me like, Oh, this is my daughter. She's in college. And she's gorgeous. What were you thinking? I was thinking like, <laughs> get behind me, Satan. I'm going to be a priest. <laughs> what are you talking about? This is distractions. And I was she kind of like, um, bothered by my mom I was like why sure. do you keep talking about this guy so like, she didn't yeah, show your picture to everybody just him yeah just him mm-hmm. and she always we talked like every day on the phone so she'd be like raffy this raffy that i'm like sounds great mom why don't you date him <laughs> <laughs> like it was just so much that i was like just being a little sarcastic with her <laughs> until i came home and then we met in person mm-hmm. okay okay yeah. so how long had uh her mom been showing you pictures of her before she came home. Mm, I think it was about like half a year. Yeah. That's a long time. Yeah, <laughs> it was weird. <laughs> I'm like, because <laughs> at the time I was running a ministry and her mom was actually one of my volunteers and she was like the one leading a lot of the things that we we're sure. putting together. So after <laughs> our meeting, she was just like, hey, Rafi, check out my daughter. She's doing this. And I'm just like, okay. <gasps> No, not really. I'm not really interested. And yeah, I remember meeting her. So she, we finally met. We we met at Starbucks, right? I was wearing um my uniform for a gourmet popcorn store I worked for. Excellent, excellent. Yes. Did it have stripes? First? Uh, no, but I think it was bright orange. Oh, excellent. Yeah. And I was like looking at her and I was like, I was cordial. Like, hi, I'm Rafi. Nice to meet you. Um, but like in the back of my mind, I'm like, I'm not attracted to you. <laughs> at the, I'm, like, I'm not attracted to you. Uh, I'm going to be a priest. I know, like, your mom, yeah. I'm going to yeah. be a priest. So just like, cool. Hi. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> and Were then attra- um, what was your reaction, Sarah? I, I was attracted to him because um, he was like a tall nice filipino man sure (laughs) yeah but then um we had gone through like another chunk of time because i went back to school and then we met again when i came back home um because my mom coordinated a dinner with 
Rafi and another lady that they were doing ministry with. And my mom's like, you should just make more Catholic friends because I, I didn't have Catholic friends at the time. <laughs> um, so I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? Um, so I was like, hey, Rafi, uh, want to go on a hike? And then he was like, sure. Yeah. And then we went on a hike. It is all in Hawaii. And it was it was awesome. Oh, Again, guys. I just saw her as a friend. Amazing. Yeah, it was beautiful. I, I just saw her as a friend. Hawaii. Yeah. And we we talked. I think one of the things that I remember from that experience is that we were like connecting and we were like talking about some deep stuff mm. for the first time, really like connecting as friends. And we were like talking like nonstop for like three, four hours, just getting to know each other and like our desires and stuff. And I'm like, huh, that's interesting. But like, at this point, I didn't know he was discerning the priesthood. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You were just friends, just chatting. So how did y'all make the transition into dating? Ah, so, so what happened was when, right before she left, so I met her, right? And right before she left back to school, she, I decided to take her out as a friend. Okay. I decided to take her as a friend. <laughs> Misleading. And again, <laughs> like I, I didn't really see this as anything. So I took her out for a dinner I paid for dinner. He picked me up. I picked her up. Okay. I drove her to a lookout point in the middle of the night as we, friends. <laughs> we sang Disney duets. Oh my yeah. gosh, Disney. I what knew it. we would get along, guys. Great friend. I love it. Yeah. Very great uh, friend. Fabulous totally. friend. But during yep. dinner, he was like, I'm discerning to be a priest. Yeah, that's the first thing that like I literally said. Oh, wait. It, kind of, like, I, you didn't actually straight. mean it to be a date? You were still discerning no. priesthood, but you... Yeah. It Raffy. felt like a date. I was I yeah. thought you were saying you like ninja dated her. Like you like took her on a date but didn't tell her it was a date. Oh no, no, no. No. Nope. You were discerning priesthood still. You just Okay. Well, you're a very yep. polite friend. Very polite. Yeah. Yes. Fair. Buying her dinner, <laughs> driving her. <laughs> yeah. Very generous. <laughs> yeah. So All right. Like so. she left. Yeah. So she left and she flew back to Portland. And for some reason, like when she left, there was this desire hmm. and I didn't know what it was and I felt like that night really planted that seed and now there's like these conflicting desires of oh are you calling me to be a priest lord are you calling me to what's so in the situation that we're in she was still living in Oregon so I was like okay there's no there's no way we're gonna start a relationship so I'm just gonna continue discerning priesthood. So I did Exodus 90 with a bunch mm. of my brothers. I was like, "Hey, let's! I want to discern a priesthood. This is my purpose, purpose, purpose." And um, I find out in the middle of Exodus 90, she calls me and she's like, "Hey, I'm moving back to the island after I graduate." And I'm like, "What, God? What are you doing to me? <laughs> Why are you making this so confusing?" Um, she came back, and I went on another discernment retreat, but it was different. So the first discernment retreat was just for the priesthood to actually be a Catholic chaplain uh, for the military. Oh, cool. The second discernment retreat was in Hawaii, and it actually featured all the different vocations. Mm. So um, marriage so was included? Life. Yep. That's cool. And they kind of shared their testimony of how they discerned their vocation. And one of the, one of the couples were married, and they said something that just stuck, stuck out to me that I've never heard before that really just made a marriage so attractive to me they said see the purpose of why we're here and why we're married and our our ultimate goal in life together 
as spouses is to help each other and to help our children get to heaven. Mm. And when they said that, like something clicked in my mind. I'm like, is that really what marriage is all about? Because remember, Elizabeth, when I was telling you, like, I didn't know what relationships were. Like, right. I was just kind of doing these things. But when she, when they said that, I'm like, huh, that actually sounds really like an awesome mission that I would want to be on. Sure. So, so then I was like way more open to the vocation of marriage. And I still had a few years in the military, so I couldn't leave to join the seminary. So I was like, let oh, me see. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, huh, since I have some time, let me see where this relationship goes, me and Sarah. And let me ask her to enter to a courtship with me and see where this goes. So did you want to? You got to pick it this up. This was Sarah? just like my reaction the entire time, just like quietly smiling at him. <laughs> By this point, did you know you wanted to, did you know you wanted to, wanted to date him? Oh yeah. Like um, when I was away at school, I just like had a huge crush. I was like, I got to push these feelings away because he's going to be a priest. So I can't be having these feelings. But then like um, for my birthday in February, he sent me like a little teddy bear and strawberries dipped in chocolate. And I was just thinking like, what a great priest friend. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I can't be feeling this way. Hope our priests aren't sending chocolate covered strawberries to women. (laughs) (laughs) It's not not good uh but you know men who want to court women please send them chocolate covered strawberries and yes definitely (laughs) oh my gosh so you you had a feeling his heart had well I guess maybe not did you know his heart had changed for you at that point um I think I was just trying to deny it because in my mind I was thinking like he's just going to be a priest right so just not even think anything of this as much as I can (laughs) But so then you graduated, was it that May that you graduated? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and so, and so it was that summer that y'all started dating. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I bet that was such and an I, awesome conversation when you told it her. It was. Yeah. Cause, Cause like, I actually, I did it in a formal way. I was like, would you like to enter into a courtship with me? You know, I like, actually I, recommend that. I think yeah. that's really yeah. good because yeah. you have to, both of you have to be on the same page, right? right. You have to yeah. know what your intention is. So exactly. I think it's great. So, so, I mean, from, from the both of us, we, we both had our past share of toxic relationships mm-hmm. and I knew meeting Sarah, I didn't want to repeat everything that I, I had in my past. So I was like, let's do, I want to do this intentionally. Like I really want to do this to actually discern marriage with you. Um, yes. Cause I was like, so more, more on fire with my faith. And I'm like, this is what dating is, should be all about. So I asked her to be in a courtship with me. Yeah, then, he shared his feelings with me. And then he's like, um, if the feelings are mutual. And then I was like nervous, I guess. I'm like, yes, feelings are mutual. <laughs> and then she said, yeah. She said yes. And then we prayed. We prayed for our courtship and wherever oh he was calling us. And we were practically open. And yeah. I love it. So how did y'all know once you started dating that you were called to marry each other? Was it a gradual discernment? Was there a moment that you guys knew? Mm, For me, there was a moment. um, And because our relationship started off differently, I was really intentional of how I was acting. Um, Because in past relationships, I was quick to say, I love you. But Mm -hmm. with Rafi, I felt like withholding that. Even Mm. though I had all these feelings, I wanted to be sure. Um, So 
this moment was when I went to Rome with my mom. Oh, and your mom Vatican. sounds awesome. Oh yeah. <laughs> and your husband's um, taking you to Rome. Yeah. There's the altar of St. Joseph. I didn't know it was St. Joseph at the time, um, but I was praying there specifically for Rafi and our relationship. Um, and then I looked up and it was St. Joseph and that's Rafi Saint. And I just like started <sighs> like hardcore bawling in front of this altar. And I was just like, Oh man, I love him. I'm like, okay, by God, do it in person. So I, I waited till I got back home to Hawaii to tell Rafi in person. And wow. ironically, that that night that she was wanting to tell me that she loved me was a night that I wanted to tell her that I loved her. Um, yeah, nice. it was. Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, but we were very, <laughs> but we were very intentional. Like through our courtship, we went to adoration every week. Mm -hmm. Like we were staying close to the sacraments. We were asking each other intentional questions. Like we were asking each other the hard questions. And even in the first month, yeah. like we started talking about like our past, like what are we struggling with? What are we, what, what are we trying to like more vulnerable? Mm -hmm. um, and that I love you came at the three month mark. Yeah. Okay. So we were very certain by then. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So by then when you said you loved her, Rafi, did you know you wanted to marry her? Were you like, this is it? Oh, yeah, a hundred percent. Like even be, to be honest, I felt like I wanted to ma marry her before I courted her. Once you decided um, you're going to stood, you know, on the shelf and open your heart to her. Yeah. That kind of I had a feel. Yeah. I had a feeling that uh, God was calling me to marry her, but I entered into a courtship and I wanted to take some time because I remember like that first month of us actually courting, I created a savings account already for our wedding and yeah. And our marriage. Okay. So, <laughs> you so knew. I, I was just like, and he got my ring size. Yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's another story by that, but um, yeah, I was very intentional about like, Hey, if this is, I feel like this desire is leading to this. Um, but if, if it does, if it doesn't, then I have a bunch of money saved money. that I could use for something else. <laughs> Perfect. But I just saw her virtue. I saw her virtue. Mm -hmm. I, I was looking for that Proverbs 31 woman. And I was like, that, that was like my, my criteria. And I remember like this one time where we were, while we we're dating, she was actually, um, we were at a Disney resort and there was like this baby with us in, in the dinner table. It was like a going away party and they needed help changing the diaper of the baby. And the parents weren't there at the time. And for some reason, Sarah, like I volunteered. Her, yeah. And she's, Aww. she's never, that was, my, that was my first diaper. Oh, yeah. That's really so sweet never, of you. Yeah, she's never done a diaper change. But then that was like one of those things. I'm like, like she could be a great mother. Mm. And I started seeing other things that she was doing. Like oh, whenever we would be it. together at like home gatherings, she would like take my plate and make sure she, she's like, she's like super virtuous. And she was like super patient with me. I'm like, ah, this is, these are the virtues that I'm looking for in a wife. And yeah, I was like, okay. Let's do I it. Love it. Put a ring on it. Oh, I love it. That. How soon after y'all started dating did you get engaged? Uh, ten months. Oh, so you said I love you at three months, but then there was a whole. Oops, sorry. There was like a whole chunk of time before you guys got mm -hmm. engaged. Wow, that's really beautiful. So, were you ever? Um, so you say you were in the military for a few more years, but y'all started dating pretty quick. So y'all dated 
and were engaged and maybe married, if I'm thinking through the timeline correctly, while you were in the military, right? Yes. Did you have any sorts of deployments or did you have any, like for anyone listening who is in a military relationship, I've ne- I have not been in one. Um, well, not mm. a serious one. I dated a military person a long time ago, but it was a disaster. It was a dumpster fire. But someone, <laughs> y'all can shed light on how um, it might, uh, or things that might be helpful for people who are um, in military relationships, since that was a significant mm. part of your, I'm assuming a significant part of your life. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, so it, when I proposed to her and we got engaged literally that same week, my leadership called me to the office and I told him about the, the good news. I'm like, Hey, I got engaged this weekend. And he's like, Oh, congratulations. Hey, by the way, you're deploying next week. And I'm like, what, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, you're going to, you're going like to that? South Korea. Yeah. So what? yeah. Like I was just filled with so much like anxiety. I'm like, what? Like I'm going to be gone. Cause a typical deployment takes six months. Okay. And it's a long time. from the time, yeah, from the time we got engaged, we were wanting to get married in the December timeframe. Um, but you know, with whole, um, when you get engaged pre Cana, there's like a six month difference that we need at least before we get married. So we're like, oh man, we'll, like this might postpone us from getting mm. our pre Cana and all that stuff. But fortunately, like we were able to get my pre-cana, our pre-cana done before yeah. I deployed. So we're just like really flexible. Oh, like in that yeah. week? Yeah. Oh. Um, two weeks later, we went to pre-cana because then oh, you yeah, ended yeah. up After. not deploying until later okay. on. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. There was like a training that I had to go to and then I had to deploy. Okay. So, so you had a little bit of wiggle room and you seized yeah. it. Yeah. And you were like, great. But then like pre-cana. while he was away, we like um oh had a certain time that we would pray for each other. Yeah. Um, just that in case we couldn't talk to each other. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's we were being very intentional. And that's a lot of, that's a lot of the things that um, a lot of military couples will start to face. Um, you're going to have to be really creative, especially when you are apart from each other to, to speak each other's love languages. I know we sent mm. a lot of like video clips of each other through this app. Um, just kind of sharing our message, what we were able to do that day, stuff like that. Um, but it's challenging. And for all of you who are listening to this right now and you guys are in a military relationship, like, thank you um, for your service. And we're praying for you, all of you, because we know how challenging it is, especially being on our first duty station in Illinois. So we flew, we flew away from Hawaii. We got married in Hawaii. We ended up in Illinois and that's her first time away from family. And that's and me. friends. Yeah, yeah. And friends. Like we didn't have anybody because uh, I'm from Las Vegas so I didn't have anybody. We didn't have anybody, and we but we had to, we had to figure it out. And um, we did. did you deploy at all while you were in Illinois? Thankfully, no. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Was it Rock Island by any chance? No. Oh, it was a uh, random. I know someone who was yeah. stationed there. Um. So you, um, got. Okay. So you got engaged, then you deployed, and you had to spend that time really discerning. Was there anything in particular, I guess, so you went on pre-cana and then you were deployed. And then after your deployment, did y'all get married pretty quick or did you spend some time after that? Um, well, how, how long were you gone? Like, um, I'm not sure. Or something. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, but it was a lot shorter than the six months than we thought. Oh, um, that's good. So we, 
Yeah. So we got engaged in April and then we got married in December. Mm -hmm. Oh, cool. So you got the December wedding you wanted. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. Beautiful. Beautiful. I'm just thinking how, you know, if you had wanted, I don't know how many couples find themselves in a position where they don't know a deployment's coming, but I know that y'all do relationship coaching. And so that seems like it could be the perfect thing for a couple who, you know, where there's a deployment or something where they want to get married, but they can't do the marriage prep together. That seems like a really great option when you're, you're having to be separated. You can't do the stuff you want to be doing if you were together. Um, yeah. So I just was having that thought like, oh yeah, if your whole engagement is when you're apart, you have to be, like you said, really creative to get the formation that you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. We actually are working with a couple right now. Um, one of them is in the Philippines and one of them is in Cal- California. And because <sighs> with the whole COVID thing, everything's oh, closed. Like no one can, they can't visit each other mm. or anything. They actually have they their wedding They were supposed to be married already. Yeah, unfortunately. But oh, um, yeah, we've been working with them and just kind of still working Thanks, thanks to be to God for technology. Yes. For sure. Oh my gosh. Awesome. Well, um, thank you so much for sharing your story. There was one thing that I really wanted to point out. Um, I had mentioned it earlier. So when you were in this relationship with your ex and you realized it was not what, honestly, what God was calling you to do, like it wasn't upholding anyone's dignity. It certainly wasn't going to, the way that it was. And without her being open to change, it wasn't moving on in the direction to heaven. And you had the courage to call it off. That is something that I feel like does not happen, frankly, as much as it should. Like, I think couples find themselves in situations where they realize, oh my gosh, maybe this wouldn't be a good fit, or oh, maybe I should take some time to think about this or whatever, but they've already, I mean, y'all hadn't, hadn't made plans in your wedding, but a lot of couples have already made plans in their wedding and they're like, we have the social pressure because we're engaged. Like, we'll just get married and figure it out. It's fine. And I just want to highlight, you were so brave and look what the Lord did with your yes. Like, look at this phenomenal life you are living because you had the courage to go, to put yourself in what was admittedly the darkest point that you'd ever been in by calling off that wedding and not knowing what you were going to do in the future. But y'all, if you find yourself in a place where you need to postpone or call off a wedding and the Lord is nudging you to do it, have courage, like let Rafi's story and all the beauty that has come into his life because he was willing to do that really horrible, hard thing, but the right thing, let that be a sign of hope to you that the Lord is not going to call you somewhere and then completely abandon you. Like he is going to call you into something, but then give you something that is for your holiness and for your happiness. So I just wanted to highlight that because you don't meet people very often who have the courage to call it off even when they know they should. So, yeah. Can I add something to that, Elizabeth? Yes. So I left, I left this huge part of how I built that courage and that boldness to break it off. Cause I was in a relationship where I would break up with her and then I would get back with her and then I'll break up mm-hmm. with her. And it, it was just so hard. The emotions were there, but the reason why I was able to do that this time was of course the, the grace of God, but I also had a spiritual director and I would, nice. I would be able to talk to him about my situation and he practically coached me and said, Hey, you've already, you're already painting the picture of your relationship. You know, it's unhealthy. So this is what you got to do. You've got to mm. do this. You got to break up with her and don't like, you can't talk like, mm. cause that's yes. what you've been doing in your past. You can't be talking to her and any of that. And I literally just did exactly what my spiritual director told me to do. And I think that's really important because when we're in a relationship, we could get so emotionally attached to our partner that we, we start to idealize our relationship and we're like, oh, we're just going to stay in it because we love each other or like the feelings are good. But the fact that I had like a third person point of view 
be able to like sh- show me this is what your relationship really is. You got to take off your rosy colored lenses, but here's what your relationship is. And this is not what you want. Mm. And here's what you're going to have to do. And I did, I did do that. It was hard. It was challenging, but I'm so glad I did that. And, but I couldn't have done it without my spiritual director. Mm. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Okay. Y'all story is awesome. I'm so grateful for you sharing it. And now as promised, we are going to tell y'all some really exciting news. So Rafi and Sarah, will you tell our listeners what exciting thing they have to look forward to? Yes. We are hosting the Catholic Engage Summit on October 28th to the 30th. And Elizabeth is one of our speakers. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And we we actually... (laughs) We talked to her about conflict resolution. And my husband, and, guys. My yeah, handsome, her bearded husband. husband came yeah, on the interview. Was, I was so excited. He does not like yeah, to be in was, front of the camera. Yeah, super <laughs> exciting. We loved what you said. And I think one of the things that really stuck out in our interview was when you talked about learning how to resolve conflict while upholding each other's dignity. Mm-hmm. And when you said that, it just like blew our mind. Right. And we're like, wow. And then you start kind of sharing how you guys did that in your relationship. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this is like super valuable. And we can't wait for the whole world to hear how you guys uh, resolve conflict in your marriage because it's it's a big thing. So um, some backstory. So Sarah and I are relationship coaches. We've created uh, our ministry, Journey to Marriage, mainly because you've heard our story. Like we didn't (laughs) know any, we didn't know anything about relationships. Like, all of our past relationships were terrible. I got broke engagement. She was in toxic relationships. And we wanted to make sure other couples who are still on the journey to marriage don't make the same mistakes that we made. And that's the reason why we've created this, this summit. We wanted to bring all these holy couples together to share their experience, their expertise, to really enrich your relationship from the comfort of your home. Because we know pre-cana retreats are... Um, be are postponed weddings being mm-hmm. canceled but what better way than to do it in a virtual event of course it's it's open for everybody everybody could could get value from this so and that's what i was going to say is our talk in particular i haven't heard anybody else's but our talk in particular is frankly just good marriage advice like it's just good mm-hmm. um i'm a you know a marriage counselor y'all know and so i use some of the techniques that i use in counseling and some stuff i've learned from there so it's just general good marriage advice so if you are married and you just, you know, want a little zhuzh in your marriage, like this, like the summit, I'm imagining all the other speakers. I know some of them, I know Kendra is speaking. Kendra's talk is going to be awesome. Um, yeah. So if yeah. you guys like, it would be a great thing to do if you want to, you know, do a date night, grab a glass of wine and like watch some of the summit videos, that would be great. But y'all who are, who are discerning marriage, right. Who are not yet engaged, but who are seriously dating or who are wanting to be married, um, mm. and feel like you're called to marriage, but don't really know what to do with that. Um, this would be a great thing to be doing because it allows you to see windows into what's required for a holy, healthy marriage. So it's called the Catholic Engage Summit because it, you know, the main target in their hearts was engaged couples. But honestly, being a part of it, I really, really think that it extends beyond engaged couples. So those mm-hmm. of you who are discerning marriage, who are listening, who are seriously dating, maybe people who've gone through next step or want to go through next step, my program, like this could be a really, really great thing for you to be doing. And then of course, like so many other summits, there's the opportunity to purchase the pass that gives you access to it. So for those of you who are listening to this podcast after the 28th through the 30th, um, there's the opportunity to still, you know, purchase this and it would be a great date night idea. And it would just be a really great, awesome thing to do 
for, you know, you and your significant other to like dive into these, um, different talks and presentations that are available. So I'm really excited to be a part of it. Um, I really, really believe what they're doing and I, or believe in what they're doing and the amount of effort they've put into finding good quality speakers and they're all interview based. So that's very unique amongst other, um, amongst other virtual conferences. It's like they're chatting with the people. So it's a very conversational, very, ours at least was very fun. I'm sure other people's. Yeah. Oh Um, yeah. But yeah, anyway, so it's, it's just fun and I'm really excited for this resource. So yep. Free, um, from the 20th to the 30th. And then there we, um, we'll have a link. I'll put it in the show notes if you're interested in, um, purchasing it to have for later. So yeah, about it. I'm excited. Yeah. No, it's, it's again, it's free. So make sure you reach out to Elizabeth. She'll hook you up with that free ticket. Uh, one of the other things is that we're growing this community where we're growing a bunch of a community of intentional couples who are not married yet that really want to grow in holiness, that really want to equip themselves with the skills that they need to prepare themselves for a lifelong marriage, if that's what God is calling them to. And I think that's super powerful because that's something that we didn't have while we were dating or while we were engaged. See, when we, when we went to our pre-Cana, it was like a weekend retreat. We had a bunch of information and then they just kind of like let, let us go away. Mm. And we were kind of like, yes. oh, was that it? It's only a weekend, <sighs> but for a lifelong marriage, that doesn't make sense. You spend longer in driver's I- ed. Yes, that's how I yeah, think. <laughs> exactly. So that's the reason why we're doing what we're doing in Journey to Marriage. That's the reason why we're doing the Catholic Engaged Summit is because we go deep into a lot of these topics and some topics that you might not see in pre-Cana. Do you want to share some of those topics? Uh, yes. So like for NFP, we just had like a five minute bit of that. But with our summit, we're going to be sharing the different methods we didn't even know there are different methods. So I think this will be like one of those really great resources where you get to know your options of what's best for your relationship. Yeah. So yes, like married getting... couples, married couples who yeah. are unsatisfied with their NFP method, or maybe want to explore other NFP methods, either because they're having trouble conceiving or because they're, they're blessed with eight babies in eight years, like whatever, you know, wherever you guys are, if you're looking to explore another NFP method, this is a perfect way to kind of look at all of them at once. I love that. Yeah, like finding your first home, how to move in together. Mm-hmm. Um, some a lot of a lot of of course we're gonna talk about yours. Yours is freaking awesome about <laughs> conflict resolution because one of the things that we tell our couples is when you enter into marriage, you're entering into spiritual warfare. Like the mm-hmm. devil does not want you to win. You are trying as a sacrament to really get each other to heaven and go around the world having to um mitigate and navigate through the challenges of life but when you're very intentional and you are equipped right you're equipped with the the school the the tools the weapons the the spiritual life that you both need before marriage then you could enter into the battlefield and feel way more equipped Mm -hmm. to navigate through these challenges so that's what we hope yeah because by knowing how to resolve conflict in your relationship you're maintaining that oneness yeah and the devil is trying to divide you but if you have the skills on how to remain as one, he won't win. Yeah. So you got to listen to Elizabeth's talk. It's free. <laughs> so make sure you get a free ticket through her. Awesome. Well, y'all, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Um, I'm so excited to get to share your story. And it was so fun to chat with you. Yes. yes thank, thank you, you for so having much. us.
And just for all of you listening, obviously, I've been talking about the summit for the last couple of weeks, um, but now you know a little bit more about it. So the 28th to the 30th. Um, and then also the the Theology of the Body Congress is coming up right after that. Um, and so we uh, there's more information about that in our show notes too. So thank you so much for joining us. And until next time, stay close to the heart of Jesus and be not afraid. The Discerning Marriage Podcast is brought to you by the Theology of the Body Institute. For more information about discerning marriage, visit discerningmarriage.com. To learn more about the theology of the body, visit tobinstitute.org.